I always love to see how the Holy Spirit's going to show up and confirm His Word. This morning we were singing about getting ready for the marriage of the Lamb. And, uh, you know, we get ready in this life for that. You understand that, right? Okay, uh, this morning, if you need to put your seatbelt on, it's going to get tight in here. Okay, so just go ahead, just, just put it on. I'm, let me preface right at the beginning, I'm not mad at anybody. I may be looking at you, but I'm not thinking about you. I'm not, I'm not yell yeah, that, you know, yes, that. No, I'm actually looking inside of myself. I'm actually looking inside of myself, making sure that I get myself ready for the marriage of the Lamb. And we do that in this life. We don't do it in the next life. We have one life to live, and so we're going to get ready in this life because that day is coming. So don't get offended with me. Um, I know. I know you're saying, well, that's just my routines and those are just my habits. Can I tell you that in getting ready for the marriage of the Lamb, you're going to need to get rid of your habits that don't please the groom? You're going to need to get rid of your routines that don't please Him. And we're going to need to get rid of our weaknesses. I hear people say that. Well, that's just my weakness. Can I tell you, you never find a place in Scripture where we're allowed to hold on to our weaknesses because the Holy Spirit has been given to us to cause us to triumph over our weaknesses. So you and your weaknesses, since you want to own them, I don't. I'm getting rid of my weaknesses by what it says in this scripture. And I want to encourage you. Don't sit back and cross your arms and stick your little bottom lip out. You say, he's just being mean. No, I'm not. I'm not. But there's too much mixture, what I call mixture, in the body of Christ. And I believe that God is wanting to purge us. And even Brandon said it this morning about asking him to put his mind inside of you. So I'm just going to ask you during these few moments... That we put it all on the altar. We don't hang on to anything. When the fear of the Lord comes in the room, everything gets put on the altar. And everything gets burned. And only that which is pure will be sustained. Will be sustained. Let's pray together. Father... I thank you for this opportunity to come to look into your word, to be challenged. Thank you for another opportunity that we can get ready for that marriage. It's coming. It's coming sooner than we think. 
And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me. I'm asking you to help me in my weaknesses. I'm asking that every heart be touched today, from the youngest person to the oldest, from those in the room to those watching. May we be challenged by your word this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm really happy today. I am. The Lord's been dealing with me for a number of weeks about this morning. And I didn't know when this morning was, but guess what? It's this morning. And so I want to talk to you about one word that we don't hear very often, but it applies to every individual in the room. And that word is steadfast. Steadfast. You know, we live in a day and age where there are so many uncertainties. Nothing seems to be stable. There's so many things that you can't count on. You know, um, in the summer, and I'll just go ahead and say this because I have nothing to hide. In the summer, we had these riots going around in different cities. And somehow, some way, that was excusable. But then a few days ago, when people rioted in the Capitol, all of a sudden, it's a terrible thing. Now, I think that rioting is wrong. That's my own personal opinion. But how is it okay in one season and not okay in another season? We've all been to the store to buy toilet paper. And for decades, it's always been there. But we go in one day and it's not there. And nothing else is even on the shelf. The paper towels are gone. The wipes are gone. Everything is all empty. I was in a store the other week and I was wanting to get some replacement razor blades. Do you know there was none? None. Now I've been in there. I've been shaving actually since I was in seventh grade. But it's always there, except now it's not. We hear about different diets, you know, the medical professions. Oh, yeah, you need to stay away from coffee. And then a few months later, oh, yeah, coffee's good for you. Or you need to stay away. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how some words witness to other people. But, you know, don't eat that. And the next thing you know, yeah, eat that. In church, you know, people have one belief one day, so to say. And then the next day... Or years later, they believe something totally different. Now, if you believe today what isn't in this word, I invite you to change your belief. But if you believe what's in this word, I would encourage you to stick with what's in this word and believe it all the days of your life. We all know people 
who stood for one thing one time and then turned their back on it later on in life when they should have maintained it. They should have been steadfast. People are inconsistent. Constantly, I'm going to say this, constantly changing jobs. Now listen, hear me carefully. There's nothing wrong with finding the right job. But you don't need to go through your life changing jobs every six weeks. We need to be steadfast. And people don't show up on time. Should I say it this morning? Our, our brochure and our sign out there says we start at 10 o'clock. And let hold on now. And all of our visitors and guests are here at 10 o'clock. God help us today. People say one thing and then do another. Can I tell you, if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. And the moment that you know you're not going to be able to do it, for whatever the reason, you pick up the phone and you let somebody know, oh, well, you know, I was just busy. We are too. But you know what? Here's the thing. When you said you'd do something, I'm counting on you to do your part so I can do my part. I told you, don't get offended in here today. I told you that. Or we act one way in church and another way out during the week. Or we have one language in the building, in the church, but we have another language we use out there. Can I tell you, that's not acceptable. We're all in this room growing up together in spiritual things, and we all got to grow up. All of us, myself included. So, the definition of steadfast, in case you've never heard of that word, it is to be firm in purpose or belief, unwavering, firmly fixed in a place or a position. Another word is loyal or dedicated or devout or steady, true. You're resolute. You don't, you're not changing. You're not vacillating. You're not wandering over here and then over here. Steadfast. You're dependable and you're stable. You're stable. These are things that God wants inside of each one of us. In the Hebrew, it's to be firm, trustworthy, enduring. Lasting. In the Greek, firm, sure. You're sure. You're immovable. And I think that the best example is of, of an individual who is steadfast is God Himself. If you want to jot down some scripture references, and you can read them later, because I'll be reading them up here. 
you're welcome to do that. Psalms 55.22. Now, I want you to listen to these scriptures in the context of being steadfast. Casting your burdens upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. And He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Do you hear that steadfast? He will sustain you, and He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Hebrews 4.14 Let us hold fast firmly, steadfast, to the confession of our hope or our faith, Without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. In other words, you can count on God to be steadfast in your life. And here's, here's one you might not like, but it's in that book right there, so I'm going to say it. Deuteronomy 7, 9 and 10. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is the God the faithful God who keeps covenant or who is steadfast and merciful, which is loving kindness. He, is stead, he's, he keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And hold on now, this is the flip of that coin. He re- and repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them publicly. He will not be slack or tardy or neglect those who hate him because he will repay them to their face. In other words, God is steady, period. He's steady on the blessing side, and he's steady also with those who reject him or hate him. I believe that God wants us to be a steady people, and I'm referring to Heart of the Father, and those of you that are, that are guests with us, this is for you as well. I don't believe that he wants us to waver in what we believe in. A people who don't get knocked off course because of storms in life or their circumstances that they're facing. And we're all facing difficulties. All of us. So the devil would like to lie to you and tell you that you're the only one facing difficulties. I'll say it again. The devil cannot tell the truth. He lies every time he opens his mouth. We need to be a people who are fixed in our purpose and direction, both individually and corporately at Hot FM. I I brought with me the the brochure. Some of you may not have seen this. This should be on the the, uh, table out there. You can pick this up and read it. But I want want to read uh, just a little portion of this. That pertains to what we're talking about. In it, it says here, I have a dream for the church, which is Christ's body, that she would become a spotless bride in her heart and eyes only for Jesus. Here's that steadfast. We use the term only, eyes only, that she would cherish in her heart 
one controlling passion and one vision. And that is this, that Jesus Christ would be first place, supremacy, preeminence in everything. That all of our efforts and pursuits would be primarily to give him what he wants instead of what we want. Us coming in here wanting him to produce or give to us. You're only, can I tell you, you're only going to do this if you're steadfast. Only. And like I said, if you haven't seen this or haven't read through it, please feel free to, uh, to grab one out there. And so I want to talk just briefly today of three areas in our life where we need to really hone in on this steadfast. It applies to every area of our life, but I just, I just want to talk to you about three. First of all, we need to be steadfast in our relationship with God. He needs to be priority. I know, I know. We hear this all the time. But I'm asking you to examine your own heart just like I'm examining my own heart and asking myself the question, is he priority? Not only on Sundays, but every day. Is he? Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean and pure heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Now, I know these scriptures, you've heard them all the time. I want you to hear them in the context of being steadfast. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. One that is consistent, not inconsistent. One, a heart that is resolute. A heart that is only for God. Only for God. An example in Scripture is, is Noah in Genesis 6, verse 11. We all know the story, but watch this. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence and corruption. Does that sound like today? Violence and corruption. Verse 13. And God said, I will destroy all flesh. And God commanded Noah to build an ark, and he gave him specific details on how to build it. Now keep in mind, there had never been an ark built before, and there had never been any rain that had fallen. And yet God's asking him to build this boat that will float because something is going to come down from heaven and actually cover the entire earth. And so in Genesis 6.22, Noah did according to all that God commanded him. In other words, Noah was steadfast with every detail. And he even took the time to actually gather the animals. I think probably about that time, some of us probably would have checked out maybe. Said, well, now I got to go herd cats. <laughs> but he did all, all that God commanded him. And then in, in, in verse 
Genesis 7, 5, it says it again, that Noah did all that God commanded him. How would we do with an assignment like that? How, would, how do we do when God asks us to do something and we don't like know why or we can't comprehend or it doesn't make sense to me or he's using language that I've never heard before and there's, no, there's nothing in history that we can rely on. Would we? Would we obey all Every command? Ask yourself the question. Would you do that? Psalm 68.3 My soul followeth close behind thee, and thy right hand upholds me. This thing, um, serving God and following Him closely, you know, it's not like... Um, it's not like, you know, God is like leading us and he's like a half a mile up the road and we're, we're going to get there. We're just, we're going to get there eventually. We're, yeah, I, yeah, I see him. Yeah, we'll, we'll just get there. No, I, this, this is referring to following close after him where there's no, no gap between you and him. You're, you're so connected with God that wherever he goes, he goes, you go. It's like that. He goes, you go. My soul pursues you. This is another translation. My soul pursues you. Notice the steadfastness. And your right hand upholds me. One says, my soul clings, grabs hold. And even the part about his right hand upholds me. If, if I had Brandon come and, and uphold me, you know, there would be no distance between him and I. It, it's that close. He doesn't have one of those, you know, what was those silly um, dolls or whatever that they stretch arms strong or. It's not one of those. It's not one of those. When God upholds you with his right hand, you're here and he's right here. You understand that? You can feel, you can sense his presence there with you. And then I love this passage in 2 Thessalonians 3, beginning in, in verse 4. And we trust the Lord that you are putting into practice, here's the steadfastness, the things that we taught you and that you always will. Here we go again. It's still that steadfastness. You're not only doing it now, but you're, you always, we hope that you always will be doing it. And then the result is this. May the Lord bring you into an ever deeping, deeper understanding of the love of God and of the patience that comes from Christ. Here's the practicalness of it. Stay away from any Christian who spends his days in laziness and does not follow the ideal of hard work which we have set for you. I told you it's going to get tight. 
For you well know that you ought to follow our example. You never saw us loafing around. We never accepted food from anyone without buying it. We worked hard day and night for the money needed to live on. There's a, there's a concept for us. In order that we would not be any burden to you. It wasn't that we didn't have the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to show you firsthand how you should work for your living. Even while we were still there with you, we gave you this rule. He who does not work shall not eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living in laziness, refusing to work, and wasting your time in gossiping. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we appeal to such people. We command them to quiet down, get to work, and earn their own living. And to the rest of you, I say, dear brothers, never be tired of doing right. If anyone refuses to obey what we are saying in this letter, notice who he is and stay away from him that he may be shamed of himself. Don't think of him as an enemy. Speak to him as you would to a brother who needs to be warned. Well, I just that, that sounds a little harsh. It's just scripture. I'm not denying. It's tough. But we need to we need to grow up. I need to grow up. If if I'm getting gonna get ready for the marriage that we sang about, we need to grow up. We need to grow up. Psalm, oh let's see here. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be alert and be on guard. Stand firm in your faith, in your conviction respecting God's precepts. And keep your doctrine sound. Act like men, referring to grown-ups, mature. And be courageous and grow in strength. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in doing well. For in due season will reap if, if you don't faint. In other words, it's possible that you could faint. If you're not steadfast, you'll give up. But he says you'll reap if you don't quit. Psalm 57, 7. My heart is fixed. Word also is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing praise and give him the praise that he deserves. Going through a tough season, we have to be determined to be steadfast in our relationship with God. We have to choose to sing and give praises to him in difficult times. Anybody can sing and shout. 
when everything's good. But can you sing when you're in pain? Can you sing when you got ripped off? I think of Paul and Silas in prison. It says, and the multitude rose up together against them and ripped their clothes off. Notice the Bible puts that in there. Ripped his, their clothes off and commanded them to be beaten. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison and charged the jailer to keep them safe. Whatever that means. To secure them, that's what that means. After a violent crowd, yeah. Um, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and, made their, and put their feet in stocks. Verse 25, Acts 16, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and all the prisoners heard them. And then suddenly there was an earthquake that shook the prison, and the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Imagine being beaten. Imagine being in stocks. You can only imagine what that prison was like. But Paul and Silas chose during that difficult time to sing and give praise to God. Psalm 112, 6 and 7. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care. There's the steadfastness. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. He does not fear bad news, nor does he dread what may happen. Here goes anxiety out the door right there. Being, trusting God and being steadfast in him and your relationship with him. Anxiety will leave you. You won't fear bad news. For he is settled or steadfast in his mind that Jehovah will take care of him. Will. Will. Same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those names are always funny to me. Shake the bed, make the bed, and to bed we go. Uh -uh. My shack, your shack, and the bungalow. Yeah. Has anybody ever heard that? Is there a hand? One, two, three, four. Okay, I just, I, just, I don't know. That's just always what, I know it's my weakness. I'm going to get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> where was I here? Oh, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who persistently asks, receives. And everyone who persistently seeks, finds. And everyone who persistently knocks, the door will be opened. Do you see that steadfastness in God? That trust in God? That faith in God? So 
We need to be steadfast in our relationship with God. Secondly, we need to be steadfast in the Word or in Scripture. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done. So many times we get, we focus on the second part of that. You can ask what you will and it will be done for you. Let, let, me, let me just, let me rewind and go back to the first part of that verse. It starts out with the word if. That means it's contingent. If you and I abide in him and abide in his word. Well, he just, he just never, he just never. No. Did you abide in him? Are you sold out to him? Let's ask that question. And are you abiding in his word? Well, well, then get to it. Get to it. Abiding means to remain, to wait, to hold your position. It involves daily fellowship and continual fellowship with God. So we see here that we're not only to be steadfast with him, but also with his word. Another translation puts it this way. Stay joined together with me and follow. There's that steadfastness. Follow after me. Then here's the two-letter word. If you don't, if you do this, you can ask for anything you want and it will be given to you. Steadfastness in the word brings faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Steadfastness in the word of God helps us not to sin. Let me just read this to you. For those of us who are still in the process and we struggle with sin from time to time, Everyone in the room who's still dealing with this, go ahead, raise your hand with mine. Let, we're in church, let's tell the truth. <laughs> Let me read this to you, Psalm 119, 1 through 16. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those that keep his statutes and seek him with all of their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid, upon, laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man stay on the path of purity? By, and he answers it. Amazing. By living according to your word, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I will recount all of the laws that come from your mouth. 
I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Hello. Do you love this as much as you love money? I rejoice in your statues as one rejoices with great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and will not neglect your word. That's, that's all scripture about being steadfast with the word of God. I'm winding down. Being steadfast in the word of God brings God's approval and removes shame. Listen to this passage, 2 Timothy 2.15. We've, we've heard it, but I want you to listen to it in the context of steadfastness. Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. It brings God's approval. Young people, if you're looking for approval, old people, if you're looking for approval, be steadfast in the word. God will approve you and he'll remove your shame. He'll remove your shame. Psalm 18, 21 and 22. For I have followed his commands and have not sinned by turning back from following him. I kept close watch on all of his laws and did not refuse a single one. A single one of his commands. That's being steadfast. Oh, Second Timothy, uh, Second Kings. Eighteen. This is interesting. It's talking about Hezekiah, who was king, and he started at twenty-five years of age, young guy. Here's what it said about him: it says he removed the shrines on the hill, he broke down the images or idols. He knocked down shameful idols of Asherah and even broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had begun to worship it by burning incense. It goes on. He trusted very strongly in the Lord God of Israel. In fact, none of the kings before him or after him was as close to God as he was. For he followed the Lord in everything and carefully obeyed all of, the command, all of God's commands of Moses. Wow. Could that be said of you and me? I know I, I want that to be said of me. I want it to be said that nobody loved God more before or after than myself. I want to be so steadfast in the things of God that maybe that would be said of me. Maybe somebody, it would, maybe 
not to draw attention to me, but maybe they would see God inside of me and turn their life around to accept Christ as their personal Savior. Then lastly, so we're to be steadfast in our relationship with God, be steadfast in the Word, and then we're to be steadfast in covenant community. Each one of us has gifts that God's given us that are to be used in this community. Too many times people think, well, I don't have anything to offer God. Can I disagree with you? God has given each one of us, God's given you a gift that the rest of this body in this room needs. And you have the gift. You say, well, I'm too young. Or someone may say, well, I'm, I'm too old. And someone may say, well, I don't really have the education. You know, none of those have anything to do with the gifts that God's given you. Not a one of them. You may say, well, I don't own a business. Doesn't matter. Or I'm just in a small apartment. I don't have a house. Doesn't matter. We each have gifts that God's given us. You never, you don't even find in the Bible, listen to me, you don't even find in the Bible where God tells us to go and take back what the enemy gave us and then we can use gifts for him. You don't find that anywhere. You know, God always asks you only what is in your hand. Strengthen the things that remain. In other words, the things that you possess. You don't have to be a millionaire to be used by God. He just asks you, what do you have that I've given you that you can use? And so he tells you to give him what you have, and he tells you to be steadfast in it and use it for him. Acts 3, 1 through 9, we know the story about Peter and John. They're going to the temple, and there was a lame man that was there from birth. And Peter fastened his eyes on him and looked upon him with John, and he said to the beggar, look at me, look at me. And the beggar thought that he was going to receive some coins. Because after all, that's what everybody else gave. But Peter said this. He said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have any of that. But such as I do have. In other words, what is in my possession. The anointing of God that rests on me. I give it to you. And he was healed. And stood up, took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping stood up and walked and entered into the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. It was, it was what Peter had. Not coins. Not the same gift everybody else has. It was the gift that God had given him 
And it was that anointing that healed that lame man that day who was lame from his mother's womb. Can you imagine? God wants us to use what we have. David in the Bible. What David had have? A slingshot. And he picked up five, but he only needed one. What did Moses have? Moses had a rod. Carried that rod for years and years and years. Used it for all kinds of things. But God asked him, what do you have? And it was a rod. And then you know the feeding of the 5,000. When the people followed Jesus and the disciples said, well, you know, we need to get them something. And they offered to go to a nearby village and buy. Is that what you want us to do? And he said, no, tell me what you have. What do you have? What do we have right here to work with? Because God's going to use it. God's going to use. Can I tell you, I believe so strongly that this is for us here. God has given us gifts for this body. We have within this body what we need to fulfill what God's called us to do. And so the five loaves and two fishes, you know what happened. And they all sat down in by hundreds and by fifties. And when they had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to the disciples and divided it among them all. Verse 42, Mark 6, verse 42. And they all did eat and were filled. And then they took up 12 basketfuls of fragments left over. See, I believe that this is what God wants to do here at Hot FM in covenant community. He wants us to feed people. He wants us to feed them with Christ. He wants us to feed them with the gospel. He wants us to feed them with a personal relationship with God. And there's more than enough to handle the job. They all did eat and they were all filled, the Bible says. The Bible says. Acts 2, verse 42. So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines and fellowshipping and breaking bread and in their prayers in Acts 2.46. And they continued steadfast daily in one accord. It's interesting. Brandon had us pray about being single-minded in unity. They continued steadfastly daily in one accord in the temple and in breaking bread house to house. They did eat with meat, eat their meat with gladness and singleness. Of heart. That's covenant. That's covenant. 1 Corinthians 15 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labors are not in vain. Amplified puts it this way Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Always excelling in the work of the Lord. Always doing your best and doing more than what is needed. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile or wasted. 
Can I tell you something? Everything that you do for God has value. Well, you know, I just, I just wrote an email of encouragement. Yes, that's the work of God. Yes. Well, I just, you know, I'm a shut-in, so I just make phone calls. Good, that's the work of God. That's the gift that he's given you to do. And so here in this passage, this is for every believer. A lot of people think, you know, the work of the Lord, you know, it's just for the church staff. No, it's for every believer. Well, I don't get paid to do that. Well, you know what? There's a problem there. You have Christ living inside of you. you I thought you committed to God. I thought you asked him to use you. Yeah, as we go along, it's just like when we get married. Oh, yeah, in covenant. And then as the days go by, you find out the details to the contract. Oh, I got to wash the dishes. Oh, I got to, yeah, I got to iron the clothes. I got to, yeah, but we made the covenant. We made the covenant, so we do what it takes. So it's not just the church staff or the elders. It's each one of you. It's each one of you. And it's a command. He didn't, it, this wasn't a suggestion. He commanded us to be steadfast and unmovable, which means spiritually grounded in the things of God, diligent to study the Bible, to defend truth, to recognize false teaching. And then it says here, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means excelling, that doesn't mean average. It doesn't mean half-hearted. It doesn't mean coasting or drifting. It means all out in for God. It means that we're instant in season or out. We're instant in the house of God and out there. We're instant. We're in season in the grocery store. We're able to witness to anybody under any circumstances. Well, I just get nervous. Well, get over it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because he'll put words in your mouth. I can't tell you how many times I've walked up to somebody and I know I was to witness, but I didn't know what to say. And I just said, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. So we're not average in this community, covenant community. We're not average in our walk with God. And we work for the Lord. We sure don't work for the devil. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Not in the work of the devil. We're to be involved in His work. And the work of the Lord is not in vain. It always has value. Always has value. I'm going to ask you to think about your own life. You heard me speak. You heard scripture, a lot of scripture. You heard it maybe from a different perspective. Maybe you were thinking about receiving all this stuff from God, but you forgot about the if you abide in him and his words abide in you. 
people, we got to get the priorities straight. Again, I'm not mad at anybody, and I hope I didn't offend you. But if he did, wrestle with it. Deal with it. I believe God's wanting us as a body to be a steadfast people. To be steadfast in our relationship with God. To be steadfast in the word of God. And to be steadfast in covenant community right here. Can I tell you there's someone sitting across the room from you who needs what you have. And it's not necessarily what you have, but let me put it straight. It's what God's given you that you possess. They need it. Let's stand together. Bow your hearts with me. Father, I came and I gave them what you gave me. And where it didn't make sense, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would adjust it and make it come alive. I pray that this week we would find ourselves measuring our steadfastness in you. Help us not to condemn ourselves, but help us to forsake and cling to you. Let us not let us not wrestle with this. Let's put you as priority, God. And then we're willing to forsake anything that's displeasing to you. God, I pray that we would be steadfast in our relationship with you, not just on Sunday mornings. May our language be the same in here as it is out there. May our actions in here, singing praise to your name, be the same as out there during the week. And also, may we be steadfast in covenant community. May we see that this is your people that you've drawn together. May every individual see that they have a part to play in this. May we recognize that we need what you have inserted inside every individual. I need it. I need it. And people need what you've given me. May we reflect on this word this week. May we be steadfast for your name's sake. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Now, 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 as you're leaving, I'm talking to you through the curtains. We're getting ready to watch some football. And, and we're going to see who is, who's been steadfast this year. Have a good day.